Would you believe it? There's another election on the way. This time, a general election will be voting across the UK to bring in a new government. And there's that word, isn't it? Voting. How easy is it to vote if you're blind or partially sighted? Many people can go to the booths and cross the box, put it in the ballot box, or we can do postal, we can have people nominated to proxy to vote for us. But does that take away that whole independent feeling of being able to cast your own vote? Well, to talk a little bit more about the accessibility side we have with us from RNIB, Hugh Huddy. Hugh. Hello, it's great to be here. So here we are once again. I've had so many elections in the past few years, and uh, we are talking about the accessibility of voting. Is it any better in 2017? You know, I think in places it is. I think things are improving. But, you know, if, if you are blind or partially sighted, getting out to vote is, you know, many people that do get out to vote say, what a good feel it gives you. You're part of the community, you're out there, you, you, you're casting your democratic right. The people have fought in two world wars to, to, to get, you know, democ- democracy is so important. And yet for us, it's paper-based. And, you know, lots of people talk about what's going on in other countries. Why can't we have electronic voting? X, Y, Z. There's all sorts of things going around on around the world. But the voting system we have in this country at the moment is based around paper. And so what we can do about that is to do our best. And some polling stations seem to do better than others, according to blind and partially sighted people we speak to up and down the country, whilst other people struggle. And in a nutshell... What it is, is when you turn up at your polling station, and if you can't read the ballot paper at all, like me, then you need the tactile template. And if you've got more than one ballot, you know, some elections you're having to do a council election and a general election and something else, then you do need a different tactile template for each ballot because the ballot papers are designed slightly differently. And you do need to take that tactile template into the booth with you. You You may need assistance in placing that template over the top of the ballot paper so it lines up with the boxes that are marked on the ballot paper. And then you're going to need someone to tell you what the candidate list is and what number on the tactile template corresponds to the person you want to vote for. And herein lies the problem, because if you want to be totally secret about your vote, you're going to have to sort of try and avoid revealing to the uh, polling station staff who are assisting you what uh, candidate you want to vote for. It can be accessible. I think that's the, that's mm. the best way of putting it, Alan. It can be, but, if, but not if the template isn't available or if something goes wrong with the template and the polling station staff haven't checked or prepared themselves to assist you to use it. Now, in the previous general election, Hugh, I went along to my polling station and they, like yourself, you know, I, I can't uh, I can't see the ballot form. I don't read Braille either. So they read the list for me, so I knew what number or numbers I wanted to go for. Now, when I went into the polling booth itself, they placed the template over the top but weren't sure how to place it correctly. And the way they placed it at first was the template has a little bit you lift at the window for the particular number you put your cross in and that's it and they hadn't lined it up correctly at first and yeah. that would have spoiled my ballot if i didn't realize that no hang on that's not sitting correctly so really they should know by now because this isn't the first time we've used templates no the templates have been around for a decade or more i mean if i i spoke to someone yesterday who said she rang in to say 
I didn't even know about these templates. My local authorities has always given me a postal ballot. And so she said she, she really wants to get out and vote and be, you know, to be part of the community. And I said, of course you should. And she said, well, I've only just been told about this template. So if, if you're listening to this and you've never gone out to vote because you think, oh, it'll be too difficult. I, I really, I enjoy going out to vote. Yes, it's not, I've hit so many accessibility problems. But you know what? Everyone who votes and then has a problem and complains about it, it's changing the way the government and the electoral commission are seeing this problem. Five years ago, they didn't think this was an issue. And now it's actually reaching, you know, Connect Radio, it's reach, reaching National Radio as well uh, on the BBC. The issue has risen, and that's thanks to so many blind and partially sighted people actually not just accepting, you know, the problems that they're having in the polling station, complaining about it, letting RNIB know about it, and actually some of them are taking cases against their authority. You know, if, for example, the template wasn't available or it didn't work or it didn't fit properly, they say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to vote because I can't vote in secret. And that's my democratic right. So they, they walk out the polling station unable to vote. And they've got quite a strong case then because their complaint is that you didn't help me vote. So I'd say that to get this improved for the sake of all the other generations coming up to vote, we, we do need to take some action here personally. You can use the postal ballot you can proxy vote and have someone go for you but again you're having to ask someone then either to complete your postal vote or tell someone what you want to vote in a proxy so again that that secrecy that right as you put it uh is basically broken and it it baffles me as a voter as well, Hume, someone who's blind, because I speak with people in the United States. Each month here on RNIB Connect Radio, we chat with the National Federation of the Blind. And when they have elections in many, many states, they do it either electronically at the the, uh, the polling station itself, completely in secrecy via audio, or they can now do postal votes at home via a fully accessible website, and all they need is a printer. Yeah, these are things going on in other countries, which sound much better than the system we've got here. I need to say that the system that the UK uses, yes, it's paper-based. Yes, it works on just the standard ballot paper. You, you can't, for example, we often get questions, there's a, we've heard there's a large print version of the ballot paper, why can't we use that to vote with? Because lots of people listening will, will be a large print user. And just, just while we're on this point, large print users, you can ask and they are legally required to give you a copy, a display copy of the ballot paper for you to take into the booth with you so that you can read the candidates in large print. But you can't use that to actually vote. Um, you have to use the standard ballot paper. There, there's a reason for this, and that is British law is, ex is extremely strict about your vote not being identifiable. So your vote's got to be totally secret, and it's a fundamental part of the, the law. Uh, in this country that people's votes are secret. So if you vote on a large print form, for example, um, then there is a worry in the system that, that your vote would be identifiable. Uh, somebody, for example, counting, would be able to say, well, you know, this is a large print ballot, and I actually think I know who that might be. So tenuous as it might sound, that's the reason why you can't vote on the large print ballot. But the large print display version of the ballot paper and the tactile template they help towards casting your vote excessively, I say. 
they, they help many people to cast their vote. And for a lot of people, it does actually work. And so it's not ideal, but the system we've got, if the polling station staff carry out the rules properly, those of us who are visually impaired should, many of us, will be able to vote much more confidently and, and not worry we've spoiled our ballot paper. But they, it's all these glitches, Alan. That's where mm. we run into problems. And why should we put up with this? So for this election coming up, the more people that go out and vote, the more there is a movement to get the system changed, perhaps to something more like the American system. But at the moment, there is no appetite in government to do this. And it does require a change to primary legislation, which means a vote in parliament. So it actually requires quite a lot of sort of democratic machinery to change the voting system. And that won't happen unless there's lots of blind and partially sighted people going to polling stations and, and wanting to vote and complaining when it's not working. And one of the most common things I hear from, poll from the returning officers who are in charge of elections in each uh, ward are that, well, we, we hardly ever hear that this is an issue. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll talk about how, how people can complain in a moment, Hugh, but, you know, we are stuck with the system. So if someone out there is, is looking to go to the polling station, say they are totally blind or partially sighted, is there a way that they can phone before the election date to say, look, uh, can I speak to someone in charge of the station? I'm coming along. Do you have this template and do the staff know how to use it? Uh, yes, there is. There's your election office at your local authority. So if you um, get your local authority's telephone number online or using free directory inquiries like I do, then you can ask to be put through, ring the local authority, ask to be put through to the elections office and speak to some an officer and you can say, I'm visually impaired, I need uh, to use a tactile template or I need a large print version of the ballot paper, um, can you ensure it's available for me at the polling station? That will certainly help make sure that um, your polling station is uh, equipped. They have to equip it by law, so you shouldn't have to ask for this. It should be as standard because it's what's written in the legislation. But we often hear from people who say, oh, well, the staff didn't seem to know about it. And so the other thing is, uh, and this is really important, um, you need to know where your polling station is. Uh, now, many people over the last few years will be in a, in a ward which has had a boundary change or sometimes administrative change to the polling station. This affected me, and I didn't know it was going to happen. But I now voted a different polling station to the one I voted at a few years ago. And I didn't know this, and I only found out by ringing my electoral services, who did tell me over the phone where it was. And the chat was reasonably helpful at describing which road I needed to walk down, and I, I did actually manage to get there myself. But it count that you know getting to the polling station is is another matter, isn't it? It's, uh, it's something that you can ring your electoral services to ask them for assistance to get to your polling station, and they'll probably start by giving you advice as best they can. But if you are going to really struggle to get there, then you, you need to ask for what assistance they can provide to help you to get you to your polling station. Hugh, just finally then, we talked about uh, complaining. That's, that's what uh, we have to do. If we're unable to cast our vote uh, securely, in confidence and accessibly, can we complain and how can that complaint be taken further? Two very good questions. First one is, yes, you can and should complain. The way, the way you complain is many people will feel they want to complain at the polling station. I have done that myself. I've said this is not acceptable. 
and the presiding officer, so the official name of the person in charge of your polling station is called the presiding officer. You can speak to the presiding officer and ask to lodge a complaint there and then, and they should carry it forward. Now, my worry is when I did that, I didn't hear another thing. I didn't know what had happened about my complaint. So I would recommend doing that as part of a plan. And secondly, when you get home, see if you can contact RNIB. We want to hear about these complaints, and we can help people carry these complaints forward. We can certainly uh, uh, help, help you write a letter to the local authority. If, if you don't feel you can write a letter yourself, we can you know, ring the hotline and we'll, we'll help you do that letter. But also, it, it helps build a picture up of what's going on around the country. And a few years ago, people that complained to RNIB, we have passed them over to special advisors who, and some of those, some of those people have actually got some compensation for things not being done properly. So, because it, it, it's the law. And I think that probably really does help local authorities understand that if you make a complaint and you're serious about it, it does help to fix things. So first thing, go back over it. Presiding officer, complain at the polling station. Ask them to contact you. Uh, don't, don't, don't leave it for them to say, don't, don't worry, leave it with us and it'll be fine. Uh, make sure you say, I want to lodge this as an official complaint and get them to do the, the you know, to, to ring you to confirm it's being taken forward. And then when you get home, contact RNIB, the campaign's hotline on 020 7391 2123. And we'll be happy to advise and uh, where practical, help you to take that case forward if it, if it does require more specialist advice. Hugh, we'll, we'll get back in touch with you after the elections and we'll find out how things went. But uh, in the meantime, happy voting and thank you for speaking with us on RNIB Connect Radio. Thanks, Alan. Thanks very much.